Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. The election interference rules. Somebody in the FBI is trying to leak the word out before the midterms. They are ready to charge Trump with obstruction of justice in like the week between Christmas and New Year's. But no, they have not committed to do so. Bloomberg News has reported this to the weary, jaded and too often disappointed residents of free America and gotten a predictably unenthusiastic response. But the details are worth hearing and it's worth deconstructing the clues as to where the leaker works. And best of all, there is one fascinating caveat in the report that states with inappropriate matter-of-factness that if they're going to charge El Duche with obstruction of justice, they're not going to just charge El Duche with obstruction of justice. Here's the Bloomberg lead. Quote, 
a group of Justice Department prosecutors believe there is sufficient evidence to charge Donald Trump with obstruction of justice, but the path to an actual indictment is far from clear. So the leak is coming from inside the Department of Justice? Says it right there. A group of Justice Department prosecutors believe, not so fast, deep throat breath throughout. Bloomberg News refers to its sources as, quote, people familiar with the matter, as in, quote, while some Federal Bureau of Investigation agents oppose bringing such a politically charged case as Trump considers a 2024 presidential bid, others support action, said the people who asked for anonymity to discuss information not yet public. Agents, however, don't make the final decisions, end quote. There is also a later reference in the article to, quote, internal critics, including FBI agents, are questioning why charges would be brought against Trump, unquote. And you know where that paragraph is going, because her emails. In any event, the sources are FBI agents. It's always FBI agents. Deep Throat wasn't just that spurned deputy director Mark Felt. It was literally dozens of FBI agents who thought the info they had dug up on Watergate was getting buried. They gave it to Felt, and Felt gave it to Bob Woodward. And so consider the source, FBI agents, when you hear this stuff, which to me not only narrows down who's leaking this, but actually cautiously laying the groundwork for potentially a much bigger story. Quote, the team that's part of the classified records probe has not yet made a formal recommendation to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Okay, so it's FBI agents who are part of the team going over the secret documents Trump stole and now regurgitating to Bloomberg what their Department of Justice team mates are telling them. And then comes the most interesting line in the entire piece, quote, it's also unlikely officials would bring only obstruction charges amid several other Trump investigations into potential crimes, the people said, again with the people. But does that mean if they're convinced he obstructed justice, they would not charge him if they don't have a more serious charge to go with it? Or does that mean they are ready now to charge him with obstruction of justice and are just searching for the right other charges and simply are not ready, even internally, to tell anybody that there is sufficient evidence for the espionage crimes or the document mishandling crimes or the presidential records violations crimes? That the DOJ is satisfied they've got the goods to charge Trump on obstruction is a no-brainer. It was in the affidavit with which they got the August 5th search warrant for Mar-a-Lago, and the judge agreed there was probable cause for charging him with obstruction and put that in the search warrant. And just over a week ago, when the DOJ argued that the Supreme Court should stay out of this, as it did... Its brief read that the FBI had found evidence, quote, that efforts had likely been undertaken to obstruct the investigation. I mean, getting a subpoena for any classified documents you have not returned a year after you were asked nicely and responding to that subpoena by telling Walt Nauta and or Will Russell to move the boxes of classified documents you stole is such obstruction of justice that the sequence could be taught in law schools. And then telling Nauta and or Russell not to tell investigators you told them to move the boxes is almost as obvious an obstruction charge. There are several implications in here that if they act, 
They want to coordinate this with the other attempts to bring Trump to justice. And there is essentially a new one of those in Georgia now, where a federal judge has breathed life into that case by agreeing that Trump knowingly swore to false allegations in at least one of his phony lawsuits trying to get the Georgia voting results overturned as part of the Eastman electors coup. This judge, David Carter, issued an 18-page opinion saying emails, quote, show that President Trump knew that the specific numbers of voter fraud were wrong, but continued to tout those numbers both in court and to the public. But his emails. Ironically, it was John Eastman himself who warned Trump and his attorneys that the numbers in their Fulton County suit were wrong, and he told them not to have Trump attest to them again. Trump did it anyway. This is lying in a sworn statement. The courts really don't like that. It is unlikely the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit and impending refiling of the rape allegation against Trump will factor into the timing, though. Trump was, in fact, deposed yesterday at Mar-a-Lago. Carol is suing him for defamation over his response to her allegation. Her lawyers say they were pleased they got Trump's deposition, but can say nothing else. She says next month she will sue him again under a new state law in New York that wipes out the statute of limitations for sexual assault. So, when already? If the Bloomberg FBI source, the ghost of Mark Felt over here, is right... When do we get this show on the road? If we're going to charge him, this will happen Wednesday, November 9th, day after the midterms, three weeks from yesterday, right? No. Quoting again. No charges are likely to be filed or publicly revealed before the November 8 midterm elections and perhaps only after the Christmas holiday, the people said. More of these Bloomberg people. Some officials want to finish examining all relevant documents in part to determine whether Trump should face other charges, the people said. But that process has been slowed by a court-ordered special master's review of the materials, which is not due to be completed until December 16th, unquote. So when already? Tuesday, December 27th? Look, you're going to wait that long. Let's clear the New Year's holiday, too. And you know what? I've got just the date to announce the indictments of Donald John Trump for everything from obstruction of justice to espionage. Here's the date. The first Friday of 2023. January the 6th. Still ahead on Countdown, Kimberly Guilfoyle attacks Nancy Pelosi over alleged plastic surgery. And I'm thinking of starting a GoFundMe to go buy Kim a mirror. When push comes to shove in the fiasco of the amazing disintegrating British government, no, no, literally, push has come to shove in the fiasco of the amazing disintegrating British government. And the Yankees, the Astros, and Roger Clemens all together again. That's a lot of unpopular in one place. And in Things I Promise Not to Tell, the day Netflix said, yes, we would like to be the new home of your political commentaries. But what about the 48-hour delay so we can add the Italian subtitles? Seriously. That's next. This is Countdown. Countdown. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the Ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Countdown with Keith Oberman. Still ahead, what would you say to J.D. Vance if you saw him taking out the garbage? I know I would sure use a series of F-words, just like somebody actually did in Cincinnati yesterday. And it's one thing to claim Nancy Pelosi has had too much plastic surgery, but it's quite another to make that claim while you are busily being Kimberly Guilfoyle. Worst person straight ahead. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. It's really sad. Griffin is on the list to die at the pound in Lancaster, California. He has been neglected, starved, and now somebody decides they have the right to end his life because when he gets food, he guards the food. He also wags his tail happily at all humans and gratefully kisses and licks whoever brings him that food. That is enough to suggest he could be trained and he could be happy. 
He needs a rescue to pull him out, and a rescue needs our pledges to help him defray their expenses. If you'd like to donate to help Griffin, he will be the pinned tweet at my account for dogs in need, at Tom Jumbo Grumbo. Retweeting his story will also help, and thank you very much for doing so. Postscripts to the news now. Some headlines, some insights, some snark. Dateline Middletown, Ohio. J.D. Vance heard the voice of the Ohio voter yesterday. According to Cincinnati Enquirer columnist Dan Sewell, Vance told an audience in Middletown, Ohio, that as he was putting out the trash outside his Cincinnati home yesterday morning, a driver slowed and yelled at him, F you, fascist! By trash, I assume he's referring to his campaign platform. Dateline Columbus, Ohio. He might not be our idea of a liberal liberal, but he had no hesitation calling Vance a liar in their two Senate debates. So Ohio Democratic candidate Tim Ryan asked rhetorically last night, why is it that party leaders, quote, don't smell blood in Ohio and help his campaign financially and send the stars to Ohio down the stretch there to help him beat a very beatable fascist? F you, fascist! National Democrats have been known not to make very good strategic decisions over the years, Ryan told the Washington Post last night. There's a frustration among rank-and-file Democrats that the leadership doesn't quite understand where we want this party to be. F you, fascist! In point of fact, Senate Majority PAC has spent no money on Tim Ryan's campaign. In 2016, it spent more than $10 million in an unsuccessful bid to get rid of Republican Rob Portman. You can't argue with Tim Ryan here. The seat is winnable. Pay the $2 and remember, F you, fascist! And Dateline Houses of Parliament London, the comic relief, but her emails... Once again, incredibly, the United Kingdom is pulled back in front of we here in the United States in the race to have the most unbelievably stupid government in the Western world. As one British newspaper reminded us, the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has just now made it to 44 days in office. That's the same length of time that magician David Blaine spent suspended over the River Thames in a glass box. She may not make it to day 45 because on day 43, her home secretary, Suella Braverman, resigned, supposedly after using personal email to conduct government business. But Braverman turned her letter of resignation into a screed against Prime Minister Truss for supposedly softening on limiting immigration. It may have been a stunt resignation. Braverman is rabidly anti-immigrant, which is noteworthy because... Yep, her parents are from Kenya and Mauritius. Now, it didn't stop there. That was just the opening act. Parliament conducted a vote on fracking yesterday. Truss's government declared it a so-called confidence vote, meaning members of the Conservative Party had to vote for it or they would be thrown out of the party. A series of witnesses then reported that a Conservative member was being literally pushed and shoved by party leaders like Jacob Rees-Mogg, their idiot in the top hat, and Theresa. Coffee, the health secretary who was already on the ropes after admitting the day before that she had illegally given antibiotics to friends and relatives. And then a third story broke with another conservative saying they hoped they would see the resigned Suella Braverman rejoining the cabinet in the new year. The headline of a British tabloid summed this all up. Suella of a mess.
This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, the American League Championship Series opens with the most unpopular teams in the circuit, the Astros and Yankees, meeting for the fourth time in seven years. Houston wins the opener 4-2 because... They hit three homers, and the Yankees only hit two. And if you still believe baseball's postseason is decided by expert pitching, over the last four years, the playoff team that has hit the most home runs in the game has won 101 games and lost just 19. Ex-Yankee, ex-Astro, ex-PED Roger Clemens threw out the first pitch, and somehow he hit Mike Piazza with it. Game two of the National League series, the Phillies jumped out to a four-zip lead at San Diego, but they only hit one homer, and the Padres hit three, and as a baseball fan since 1966, boy, I could not be more bored by the game they are putting on the field now, and it will not be improved one bit by simply eliminating the infield shift next year. Padres and Phillies tied at a game apiece. Series moves to Philadelphia, where three linemen from the Philadelphia Eagles, plus a former linebacker named Connor Barwin, are going to release a Christmas album. A Philly special Christmas comes out December 23rd. The name is a reference to their trick play in Super Bowl 52. And this gives me a chance to confirm the age-old story that is often dismissed as apocryphal, but is actually true, that it was Philly fans, Philly Eagles fans, who were so contentious over the years that one year they booed Santa Claus and threw snowballs at him. It actually happened. December 15, 1968, at Franklin Field, the Santa that the Eagles had hired never showed up for the halftime holiday festival the team was going to produce. So they got this 20-year-old fan sitting in the stands named Frank Olivo, who was wearing a Santa suit and a fake beard just for the hell of it. And as he came out of the stands as the substitute Santa, the other Eagles fans started booing him and pelting him with snowballs. In the Eagles' defense, on January 28, 1988, the New York Giants, celebrating their first Super Bowl win, their first championship of any kind since 1956, held an outdoor party at their open-air stadium in the cold with snow on the ground, And they hired as a musical performer for it, Tiny Tim, the guy who was famous for decades for singing a falsetto version of Tiptoe Through the Tulips. When Tim got to the climax of the song, so tiptoe through the tulips with me, a fan hit him with a snowball right in the tulips. So at least that time, the falsetto was not false. Coming up, CBS News reported that one of my videos was the most watched thing on Facebook for the first six months of the Trump administration, and Netflix said, great, we'd love to host videos that get 54 million viewers, but one question, what do we do if one day it doesn't upload? 
and I promptly looked for the emergency exits. That's next. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze, Congressman Jim, I saw nothing. Jordan, do you feel safe in cities controlled by the left? He tweeted. Cities that defunded the police? Cities that ignore police staffing issues? No, no, no. The no, no, no construction immediately became its own trend on Twitter, plus the facts that the top 10 cities with the highest police per capita spending are one, Baltimore, then Wilmington, Delaware, Washington, Newark, Bridgeport, right here in Fun City, Chicago, Boston, and Miami. The top 10 most not defunded cities in America, they're all controlled by the left. And as to no, 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 that's what assistant coach Jim Jordan heard from the wrestlers as they were being abused by a university doctor at Ohio State. And no, no, no is also what he said when authorities asked him if he saw anything. Our runner-up is Sean Hannity. The man with a thumb for a head did a good old-fashioned TMI on his radio program talking about kids talking back and how his father used to handle it when he used to do that. In the old days, that was easily fixed. That was handled. Mr. Hannity pulled off the belt, beat the crap out of me. By the way, some, he was not a child abuser. I deserved it. I, not only did I deserve it, I was begging for it. It was like a fait accompli. My, my poor prison guard mom would say, don't leave this house. And I'm 12 years old. I look at her and I say, you can't stop me. And I'd run out the door, never to be seen or heard from until uh, dad got home and dad was waiting. And usually there was a price to pay unless he was in a good mood or just tired of just beating the crap out of me because he just it was an everyday thing. Eventually they gave up. At home with the Hannity's. Have belt, will assault child. What's terrifying there is if you've heard or read Hannity's old running mate Bill O'Reilly talking about his childhood, exactly the same thing. In a biography of O'Reilly, he reminisces about his dad beating him up. And he does this at least 20 times. But our winner, Junior Trump's girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Any number of cliches apply here to this clip of her criticism of Speaker Nancy Pelosi's makeup and appearance, but but I'll settle for the simple acronym STFU. Where is the journalism these days when you see like Andrea Mitchell fawning over Pelosi, Pelosi lying what's left of her face off about Biden's <laughs> accomplishments and the legislative achievements? I mean, it's a freak show. I mean, Halloween's around the corner, but it's too much. It's Fright Night. Andrea Mitchell fawning over Nancy Pelosi? I wish. This is an apt time to remind you that when she was fired by Fox News, Kimberly Guilfoyle was accused of not only forcing a female intern to give her massages when she wasn't wearing enough clothes, but also forced the intern to look at Ms. Guilfoyle's collection of albums of photographs of the genitalia of her former lovers. I understand there are 57 albums. And since Ms. Guilfoyle has opened the floor to discussing how prominent women look, this is a reminder that this is a now 53-year-old woman, and as she made those remarks, she was wearing a tight-fitting blue sweater with extra-large cleavage, lips borrowed from one of the balloons in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, partially dyed brown hair draped over her bosom, and size 32 fake eyelashes. This question, 
Why, given how the lunatic right is going after drag shows and drag queens, why do all the leading women of the lunatic right, the MAGA Waggas, why do they dress up and make up like drag queens? Kimberly, no other women can have plastic surgery because I must have all of it Gilfoil. Today's worst person, person is arguable, many portions are plastic in the world. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the Ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finally, to the number one story on the countdown and my favorite topic, me and things I promise not to tell. And I don't usually venture into financial commentary or advice. You will remember the story of my great-grandfather who gave away the name General Motors for free 
But I just read of Netflix finally staunching the subscriber flow. It had lost around a million two hundred thousand households in the first half of this year, but added about twice that many in the third quarter thanks to such uplifting programming as the Jeffrey Dahmer story. So yay, corporate cannibalism profits. Anyway, I had an experience with Netflix, which so shook my confidence in them that it made me fearful of even playing their stuff on my big TV because I was wondering if their stuff would damage my big TV. This is my favorite story of what happens when media management misunderstands its own business and wrongly thinks superstitions and coincidences are inviolable rules for success. This happened on June 17th, 2016, the day I found out about the vitality, the importance, the absolute necessity of... Netflix's Italian subtitles. I don't want to exaggerate the importance of the two video series I did for the GQ magazine site in 2016 and 2017, The Closer and The Resistance. I mean, for one thing, The Closer was so named because each of the handful of us involved in its production could not really conceive that there were enough morons and closeted racists in this country to actually elect Crazy Trump. We grandly called the videos The Closer because we expected our expositions of Trump's essential fraudulence and dangerousness would close the deal for Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. But people watch those videos. I forget the final count. 180 or so episodes, 400 million or so views. Not plays, but people actually viewing essentially the whole piece. And CBS News did a story once with the web analyzing platform Social Flow that showed that the first episode of The Resistance from November 16th, 2016, was the top story or video on Facebook through the first six months of the Trump administration. The calculation, and Lord knows what this formula actually looks like, but the calculation was probably pretty close that it reached 54 million people, the equivalent of one out of six of everybody in the country. That's CBS News reporting this, not my ego. And ego is not the reason I mention this. Well, it's not the only reason I mention this. MSNBC had offered me a new show in January of 2016, but I would have hated it and you would not have watched it, so it was not supposed to have any commentaries in it and a conservative co-host was supposed to be there, and the goal was she and I would be the wacky couple who would find middle ground. Plus, I would have had to move to Los Angeles, even though I could see the headquarters of NBC News out my bedroom window in New York. And then when it was successful, the producers wanted me to simply get on a plane from Los Angeles and show up one morning in the New York office of the president of NBC News, Andy Lack, and tell him either we were scrapping the format and relaunching Countdown that night or I was quitting. In short, they wanted me to do this lousy show and then run a palace coup against the president of NBC News. I passed. I put my energy instead into finding a new platform for Countdown or a Countdown-like show. I had a deal in place to become the video anchor of the Huffington Post, a daily exclusive commentary, interviews, features, breaking news, funny stuff, whatever. Two days later, two days later, Arianna Huffington sold the Huffington Post. No more deal. 
before and after this, some friends from Lionsgate Productions and I were trying to sell two ideas, pitching to a series of forward-looking media companies. One was that they should be producing and running or posting or streaming or whatever the series of my commentaries that became The Closer and then The Resistance. I don't know what that would have been worth, but I do know that the tiny slice of the advertising GQ got just from the commercials that would roll if you watched one of the episodes on YouTube was well over a million dollars. The overall profit might have been 10 times that. Production costs were like $50,000. But I had a second bigger idea to pitch to these other companies. Who wants to own the future of cable news when there isn't any cable news anymore? I correctly predicted 2022 back in 2016. Who wants to own the future of cable news when there isn't any cable anymore? Start with just my commentaries, and as they make money for you, build out. If they work, you add my interviews and my debates, and then somebody else's commentaries, and then some conservatives' commentaries, and then... Add all of what is now cable news and put it on one streaming platform. We rented a studio. We made a demo commentary. We made what TV pitchmen call a deck. That's how I knew the producers were serious. We met with HBO about this. We met with something called Pop TV, The Daily Beast, Yahoo, TuneIn, Sony, Epics, BBC, Hulu, Condé Nast. Ultimately, that led to the GQ series. But the one I had the most hope for was Netflix. The way I saw it, they could start this tiny little thing in the corner of their homepage called uh, Newsflix. And you could click on it, and someday there would be a menu with Keith Olbermann commentaries, and I don't know, Glenn Beck commentaries, and Bill Maher commentaries, and Jesus H. Christ commentaries, and Keith Olbermann newscast, and Lou Dobbs newscast, and, and, and... All of them partisan, but collectively one giant all-encompassing bipartisan because of volume news and commentary site. The proverbial marketplace of ideas. Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins and Pizza Hut living together. Only as newscasters. You know, for kids. I thought Netflix would see it immediately. They would own news all of it. I mean, these were the people who realized America was too lazy to go down to the video store anymore, so they began to send America rented DVDs by mail, and people actually returned the DVDs. And then they realized that America was too lazy to return them anymore, and that the optimum date to switch from DVDs to the then laugh-out-loud bad concept of online video was precisely January 16th, 2007. These guys had the gonads to take a brilliantly successful, profitable new idea and gradually strangle it and replace it with a different brilliantly successful new idea. I could not wait to meet them. My agent at the time, my would-be producer, the head of television of Lionsgate, like the chief of chief at Lionsgate, and I went to the Netflix building in Beverly Hills at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Friday, June 17, 2016. It felt perfect. Netflix was still just down from the corner of Alden and Maple. 25 years later, I had lived two blocks away from Alden and Maple. It was a four-minute walk, tops. 
Yeah. The two people there from Netflix were vice presidents. Wish I remembered their names. I don't know. Maybe they're still there. I deliberately blocked the names from my memory after this. One was in charge of documentaries. One was in charge of nonfiction series. One was a man. One was a woman. I did most of the talking, and I said, start with these daily commentaries. You'll never have a better launch window than the four months before the election. We could have one ready for you to upload by Monday. This is lowest risk, highest reward. How would you like to own the news? Or if it doesn't work for some reason, you spent, I don't know, $100,000. The man spoke first. But if you're going to do these daily, how are people going to binge watch them? I mean, the first time somebody comes to Netflix to see your commentaries, there's only going to be one to watch. I took a quick breath and explained that could be a drawback. On the other hand, within four weeks, there would be 20 of them to binge. We could even start with five or ten evergreen commentaries so that when they come to see the official premiere, they watch that. Then ten more first day and 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 you guys keep telling the press that your problem is people binge and then they don't come back for another five days or week. This way, at least some of them would come back every day to your website. You'd begin to solve your frequency of visitation problem, wouldn't you? I mean, you're the executives. I'm just the talent, the meat puppet, but. Isn't that the... Then the woman interrupted me. Okay, yeah, that would help. And I like starting with 10. But what about the subtitles? There was a long pause. Then the head of Lionsgate said, What subtitles? The man said, Well, everything we run is subtitled in the language of each country we run it in, so your commentary would have to have subtitles added in, like, 16 different languages. That usually takes three months. Could you do commentaries today that would still work in September? I said, uh, well, no. But, but why do you need subtitles? Why do you need, say, Italian subtitles or, or any subtitles? I mean, it's very unlikely, I said, that people worldwide who are interested enough in American politics to watch commentaries about American politics don't already speak English. The woman looked aghast. I mean, the coloring of her face changed. But the subtitles, she said, we, we always have subtitles. We always do it that way here. And I said, well, yeah, I understand. But, but see, this would be for Newsflix, not Netflix, per se. See, you could adapt your rules to fit the urgency of timeliness. I mean, MSNBC has a profit of like $500 million a year because of timeliness. And they're last in profit in cable news. Couldn't you adjust slightly for $500 million a year? The man now looked aghast. No, we couldn't. This is the Netflix rule. We can't change a rule. I began to feel not happy. The man spoke again. Plus, what about the 1201 rule? We all looked at each other. You said the commentaries would probably work best at 8 or 9 p.m., but in all of our countries, anything new gets posted at exactly 12.01 a.m. local time, only at 12.01 a.m. So anything you did today could not possibly run until 12.01 a.m. tomorrow. I was still reeling from the Italian subtitles. Now there was also an unbreakable 12.01 tomorrow rule. I was thinking of getting up and leaving, but the woman apparently had one more gut punch to throw at me.
I also wanted to know if we somehow were able to turn the subtitles around with lightning speed uh, or skip them or, or do them in, say, only two or three hours. The man interrupted. Plus the hours until it's 12.01. Don't forget them. She nodded. Yes, uh, plus the hours until it's 12.01. If we could somehow do that, what would happen if one day something went wrong technically and we couldn't upload that day and people came to the site and there wasn't a new one? What if it doesn't upload? Well, I had an answer to that, but I did not say it out loud. I said it a few minutes later to the head of Lionsgate after we had said goodbye to Mr. and Mrs. Vice President in the lobby of the Netflix building. I said, good God, these people are in the uploading business. They have been uploading for nine years. They aren't sure they can upload? What equipment have they been uploading with? Are they uploading from Kevin Spacey's 1996 Dell laptop? As I left to get in the car, to go to LAX, to fly home to New York, totally disappointed, the Lionsgate guy was just shaking his head. I'm sorry. I had no idea. I'll call you later at exactly 12.01 a.m. with Italian subtitles. Ah, ha, 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 ha. What if it doesn't upload, he said as he walked away from me. Christ, I got to get my broker on the phone. I got to sell all my Netflix stock. done all the damage I can do here. Christ. Italian subtitles. Good night and buona sera. Since you've listened this far, help me out. Spread the word. Tell somebody about this podcast. Get them to subscribe. It is free, after all. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, which you are hearing behind me as I speak, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis and appears courtesy of ESPN Incorporated. Musical comments here and there from Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Stevie Van Zandt, and everything else was pretty much my fault. So that's Countdown for this, the 653rd day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. No captions or subtitles. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica. 
a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.